All right, here we go with podcast number 20. I appreciate everybody taking the time to tune in and listen to these. And I know I say that every time, and I, I do want to thank everybody for doing it. And uh, you know, getting the requests and getting the emails, I, I, I very much uh, appreciate everybody um, taking the time to do that because it shows that people actually do want to get better. So <clears throat> before we dive into this, uh, this podcast, a couple things. Yeah, still no intro music. Sorry. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, and yeah, pretty much no, no BS. I'm just going to jump into things in just a second. But before I do that... Uh, apparently, I'm not very good at self-promotion, and of course, I've known that for years. And uh, but what I've been encouraged to do is uh, I put a link in there in the description for uh, a donate button. So if you like what you hear and this is helping you, yeah, it's costing you nothing. Uh, but I did put a link in there for a donate button uh, if you'd like to donate. There's some people that have already seen it in the last one. You guys are studs. Uh, a few people have done that, and uh, I very much appreciate that because um, they do take a little bit of time to do, and they're, they are more involved than, than you do, and I, and I appreciate <laughs> my guys and my staff as I bug the hell out of them uh, asking them uh, about when I, when I put these formats together, asking them questions about that. So anyway, thank you for that. All right, let's get into it. Learning a new track. Um, this, is, this is one I've had a lot of requests for. And it's, it's actually very fitting because um, I'm working with uh, one of the teams, the M4 team. We've got some riders there that have never been to some of these tracks. And we also have some riders that I work with that are seeing tracks differently uh, now that they've worked with me as well. So how do you learn a new track? You come to a new environment. How the heck do you do it? All right, well, let's get started. Get a, get a track map. Right? First thing you do is get a track map. And I think it's important when you get a track map, to not overthink it, not overthink it. And, and people say, oh yeah, yeah, I play at Xbox, right? Or I do this stuff. And I actually, I, I'm not a big fan of that. And let me tell you why. So when you, when you play an Xbox or you play something along those lines, you actually are getting a false expectation of what, what you're going to see. So I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, there's some things that you can pick up uh, but you start to build muscle memory for something that's actually not reality. So um, I'd rather do it kind of the old-fashioned way. Let's grab a track map and let's dive right into it. So you get a track map. And what I'm going to look for first, and uh, what I'm going to look for is essentially the most vital points on the track. So what's a vital point? And what a vital point simply is, is, is a place that leads on to the longest straightaway. So what we'll do is we'll pick... The three, the three longest straightaways, right? The place that we're traveling the most feet per second, the place that the lap time makes the biggest difference. Uh, as I record this, and yes, I know I'm a little bit lame for, for being um, uh, tardy on this one. I've actually been to uh, a very, very busy schedule. Uh, and I've been wanting to do this one and been collecting notes on it. But this weekend, I'm traveling to Miller Motorsports Park, or, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> UMC, right? What is it? Utah Motorsports Campus. Right, that place in uh, Salt Lake City. And here, this track, the, the track that we're going to use for the Moto American National is uh, the Outer Loop. So when I look at that, I look at that map, and I'm going to pick three vital points, three vital points. And what simply those vital points mean is the places that lead on to the longest straightaways. So in this case, we're going to look at uh, release, right? We'll look at turn 15 release it leads on to the, the straightaway where I'm traveling the most feet per second. So I'm not going to miss where the bike needs to be slowed and pointed for that number one spot. That's the number one vital point there. <clears throat> Second one, 
when we look at this and we start thinking of our, our sport a little bit differently, we, we look at where am I traveling the most feet per second, most feet per second. And in this case at, at, um, at <clears throat> UMC, what we're looking at is turn three, four, and five. Turn three, four, and five because we're traveling the most feet per second, the longest. So I'm just never going to miss my vital point in turn three. And as I look at turn three, then I look at, okay, the next one's turn six, right? So turn six, six is the next vital point. I just did three vital points. I have half the track covered, half. Half the track covered by, by picking out three places to have the bike in the right position. We'll talk about that a lot in just a second. And then as I, as I pick those three spots, then I work on the fourth one, which is turn 11, Twilla turn. And then you start going, okay, what's after that? You start breaking it down from there. Okay, yeah, it's out of turn five, and that's in turn six. So when I look at a, a track map, I look for the longest straightaways. You bet I am. And once you identify those straightaways, you identify the, the three longest places where you're traveling the most feet per second, I'm going to focus on those points initially. So get a track map, identify those things. And the next thing that I'm going to identify at that point is which ones are exit turns, entry turns, and balance turns. And so when I look at some of these turns, and you know, we, we, we'll, we'll go to a uh, podcast series about the different types of turns, um, entry, 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 exit, and balance turns, I, I determine which one is which, and then that way I already know how I'm going to approach that turn with, with, which, con with uh, which control. So that saves me a lot of work knowing that exit turns, because the exit lasts longest, I'm going to start to accelerate past the apex, and then on entry turns, because the entry lasts longest, I'm going to use my brakes to or past the apex. That already, that already, that just tells me right there what control I'm supposed to be using when. I mean, it becomes very, very easy. So identifying the track dynamics, right? Identifying what lasts longest. So we start off with vital points, then we start looking at entry, exit, and balance corners. So now I realize this next part is not super, super sexy, um, but it, it has to happen. We introduce the fundamentals, right? We int introduce your training, and that is bike placement. So as I go around the track in a new environment, I'm identifying my exits, right? We've talked about that in the other podcast. I identify exits. Exits are what lasts longest. Exits what gets us that lap time. So identify my exits. I'm going to identify my bike placement. When can I take away lean angle? When can I accelerate? And that's certainly what I'm going to look for. <clears throat> as I go around looking for bike placement, I need some reference points. Right, we, this, is, this is also a fairly huge deal. I will start off on my exit reference points. And what I'm looking for in my exit is something that lines me up straight with my trajectory off, typically off the track. There, it, and usually, if you look, there's a lot of corner worker stations that, that can make that happen. So, uh, for instance, I was up at the ridge a few weeks ago, and then you go on the backside. I can't remember the term, but I think it's nine uh, into ten. And as you let, as you come into nine into ten, it's it's a completely blind crest, very very quick. But the corner worker station lines you up straight with your trajectory into nine, ten, uh, into ten and eleven. So I look for something off track that lines me up straight with my trajectory for my exit, and that's what I'm going to be looking for. So I'll establish my reference points for my exits. And the reason I'm not going to establish my entry points yet is because those are variable. It's variable on my speed. It's variable on where I, I end up apexing. They're not quite precise yet. But guess what? My exit's precise. So 
I'm gonna keep working on my exits. I'm gonna keep making refining those, and then I can I I slowly build up my entry speed, my entry speed, my break force, my turn and play turn and points, turn rates, and then I can start to have a final reference point for where I'm approximately turning in, and I can start to deal with that. A lot of times you're looking at something on the side of the track, whether it's the curb, um, a slash mark, a strip, something that gives you a reference when you start running a consistent lap time. So <clears throat> starts off with bike placement. It does, right? That's the number one order of our sport, bike placement. We've got to get the bike in a position to accelerate. Then we start looking at those reference points. I'm going to state something here that may seem very obvious, but those first laps, I'm going to establish precision. Establish precision. I'm going to be precise during those laps. And the reason being is, if I establish precision early on, it's easy to come back to. If you try to establish precision out of control, it's very difficult to come back to precision in crisis, right? Right, when you're out of control, very, very difficult to make that happen. So. I am absolutely going to establish precision right out of the gate. So, huge deal. Huge deal to be able to have that and to be able to fall back onto it. Hey, I know that's right. I know I shouldn't be there. I know I didn't use the brakes well enough. I didn't use my eyes enough. Whatever it is. So, establish that precision early on so you can come back to it. And then, as I said, yeah, we're going to continue to work on exits, right? I work on exits first and I have those reference points established. Then I start to build my entries. I build my entries. Freddie Spencer told us, taught us great, great lessons on this where he'd just continually work on his exits. He'd continue to build his entries until he ruined his exit. So that's how that works, right? We continue to build our entries until you miss your apexes and ruin your exit. So just by establishing this, this order that we have already, right? We got our track map out our track map out, identifying our vital points, identifying eg exit entry and balance corners. So now you know what control you're supposed to be using when. You have that going for you. And then you start, as you start to ride, you get your eyes working. You get your eyes working so you can establish some of those reference points, especially something that lines you up straight with your exits. And then you start working on your entries, right? You start building your entries, but you're also continually to build your exits as well. When I come back after a session, I start, I get my track map, track map back out again, and I start thinking about where am I letting off the brake. I look and see where am I, where am I at neutral throttle. And by identifying that, it tells me how I'm approaching that corner. Can I use the brakes lighter and longer? Am I going to them too hard? Am I too late on the brakes? So I start putting a dot where I'm letting off the brakes, and I look at it in a reference for what that turn has to offer and that tells me if I'm approaching that turn correctly and how I can correct it, I become self-coaching. My report card for that is how much neutral throttle do I have? So once I introduce how much neutral throttle do I have, I can look at the radius or the arc of that corner and determine if I'm doing it correctly or not. So as we get off from there, right, where am I letting off the, letting off the brake? Let's give you, some, let's give you some, um, some report cards for these things. One, am I on my apexes? Am I on my apexes? Are you precise? If you're not hitting the same apex the same time, then, then you really don't have a proper evaluation. To have consistent evaluation, you have to have a consistent practice. So 
That's why these apexes become a big deal. Great video of Valentino Rossi up at uh, our local track up here at Thunder Hill, riding Thunder Hill West. They show him rolling out of the pits. He rolls out. He goes, uh, enters the track, and it's kind of a goofy entering. Guess what? First turn, he was on his apex. He's never been there before. That's how it works, right? You have to have that consistent evaluation so your evaluation has merit. So... I make sure I get my bike placement correct. When do I have bike placement? When do I have the bike in a position to accelerate? And then as we start working on other things, we start saying, how are my exits? How are my exits? Am I taking away a lean angle? How am I getting to the edge of the track? And then as we get going with that, we say, how much neutral throttle do I have? Then as we start getting, how is my track usage? Am I using all the track on the entries? Am I turning in when I'm parallel with the edge of the track? Turning it, not fading in. Turning it when I'm parallel with the edge of the track. And <clears throat> one thing that I look at, it's kind of funny, and this does put things into perspective, and this is, this is actually my own little personal mantra, so you get a little snapshot of this. When I'm riding in a track and I'm trying to figure it out, my thought is, where would Rossi be? Where would Rossi be? Where would his bike placement be? Why would he be there? How, why, why, where would his bike be? I think about that. Where would Rossi be? And that, that, of course, has made a massive difference in my writing. So those are some great report cards for you to take a look at when you're learning a new track. And, and I want to throw one more thing in there for the racers and the guys that are at a really high level is you can start looking at segment times as well. So when you get back in, you look at your segment times and you can determine where you're fast and you're slow. When we do this when we're learning a new track, we look at the segment that where this basically has the biggest gap, right? The biggest gap to the leaders. We work on that segment first. Right? That has the biggest gains. The other ones may be still may be off, but you're going to work on the one segment that, that you're off the most that gives you the biggest gain. If they're all even, then there's some sort of fundamental problem, and then we work on something where we start getting into where we're releasing the brakes and how our eyes are working and when we're at wide open throttle. But look at those segment times. They also become a big deal. So learning a new track. Yeah, it's daunting. It can be daunting, but guess what? Don't overthink it. It's easy to overthink it. We do lots of fun things where we turn tracks backwards, when we do dirt camps. Um, we, we, we will have people ride, and when we stop them, guess what? You're going the opposite direction. Rick development camps, guess what? You're going to ride tracks, and you ride, you ride the same track. We flip the direction on you day by day. you got to learn a new track, and that, this is how you do it. So understanding what lasts longest, right? Those vital points. Get the bike in a position to accelerate. Understand what bike placement is. Get, get those, those um, uh, report cards going. Get your trajectory set. Get those refer reference points happening. And I can, almost can guarantee you work just on your exits. The entries become easy at that point because you just keep building brake pressure. You have a consistent way of being able to evaluate yourself. So learning a new track, yes, it can be daunting. But if you take these things into consideration, I can guarantee it's going to really shortcut it for you.